Happy Friday. It's time for the Richard Skipper Friday Wrap-Up Show. Who and what are you celebrating today? Richard Skipper believes every day is worth celebrating. But today, we wrap up the week with a dose of positivity. You never know who might show up or what might happen. So get ready. Your skipper is now coming on board, and we are ready to set sail. All aboard. Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Richard Skipper Celebrates. It's National Cabbage Day. It's National Caregivers Day. So we celebrate all the caregivers out there and those who work in the cabbage fields as well. Today, we're going to be celebrating four amazing women. I am so excited about today's show. And before we started the show, I asked our dear friend Natasha, who was on the show last week, to pick a number one through four. Like, let's make a deal. All these women are waiting in the wings, not knowing who I will bring on first. But with whatever we bring on, whoever we bring on, we are all about celebrating. We're about celebrating the week we just had and the week ahead. And I'm going to bring on door number three right now. I know she's ready. Mary, welcome back to the show. <laughs> Hi, Richard. Thanks for having me again. It's always here a joy. Here we are in the cabbage patch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's really funny you're talking about cabbage. Um, in the song, uh, a mess of cabbage, a mess of cabbage. And it was, uh, I can't think what is, uh, stuff like that there. The reference was uh, during World War II, they sent cabbage over to fight off scurvy, to, you know, so they'd have something healthy and whatever, but apparently it was so stinky. And that was kind of uh, where those lyrics came from. I'm a, love is just a mess of cabbage. So. <laughs> Uh, and Natasha points out it's also National Random Acts of Cat Kindness. So you can uh -huh. do a random act of kindness tonight and send cabbage to an unsuspecting soul. Oh, great idea. Thanks, Natasha. Well, I'm glad <laughs> that you were here. I am uh, because uh, all this month, as everyone knows, I'm celebrating my birthday, which was a week ago tomorrow. Uh, I'm still celebrating and I celebrate every day. Uh, but on my birthday, you did a concert in Florida celebrating the Academy Award winners. How did it go? Oh, oh gosh, Richard, that was such a joy. Um, whenever I have the opportunity to sing with the Pops Orchestra of the Palm Beaches, uh, it's a dream come true for me. When I was in high school, um, I played flute and my mom and, I, mom and I had season tickets to the Fort Lauderdale Symphony Orchestra. I love music. I love the symphony. I love singing. It was just a wonderful combination. We had about 475 people in the audience. Wow. And it was uh, an eight piece orchestra and it was magic. So, so question, without giving away the year, uh, yes. What won the Academy Award the year you were born? I don't know. <laughs> Should I look that up real fast? <laughs> look it up. Uh, well, well, we'll get to it in a few minutes. You yeah. can look it up and let us know before the show's okay. over. Uh, but do you have a favorite Academy Award winner that you sing and why? Oh, good questions. I was trying to remember what songs I sang. Uh, I, le I learned so many for the show. Um but I, you know what was interesting? Uh, the one that got the most response was actually the one song that didn't win an Academy Award. Shh, don't tell. Um, but it did win an ASCAP Award for the song most performed during feature films. 
and has been dubbed the most romantic song of all time. And it was, um, wow. uh, I can't help falling in love with you. Wow. And what was fun about that was I suddenly had another perspective on the meaning of it. Um, because the second verse starts, uh, shall I stay? Would it be a sin? And I started thinking about um, marriage equality and marriage rights. And so I had a different Florida? thought in mind when I was singing that. Yeah, in Florida, yeah. Florida, yes. God bless yeah. all of you with everything that's going on down there. Uh, but uh, in the year that I was born, my the Academy Award winner that year, and it's a very special song for me because every time I hear this song, I really feel that my grandmother is nearby. And mm-hmm. that song is Moon River. And last We night, sang that too. Uh, I, I'm singing it in my upcoming show that I'm, uh, so I'm very excited about it. But last night I, um, I watched the film, You People. Have you seen it with Eddie Murphy? Not yet. I, I've uh, seen the ads. It is such a funny laugh out movie that touches on racism and conflicting families You know, it's about a Jewish family and an African-American family, a Muslim family, actually, coming together and all of the problems that come with that. But they handled it brilliantly. Um, Very funny to me. Uh, But Moon River came out in this film in a almost like a hip hop version, which I had never heard before. And I said, my grandmother's here, even if it comes out in that mode. So it was last night. Uh, but oh. um, so, um, was there? I mean, you mentioned the song that didn't. Did you look it up yet? Did you figure it out? Oh no, I I didn't want to interrupt. Well, we'll come, we'll come back to it. So okay. we got uh, another singer, and we have two filmmakers in the wings. So as I always do, uh, you get the chance to pick a, a, a mystery question, uh, one through okay. four. Ooh, okay, four. And your question. My birthday's is, in April. It's actually a statement. And it is my okay. actions are intentional and they bring me closer to my goals. Do you agree with that? And if so, what actions did you take today to bring you closer to any goals that you may have? Oh, goodness. Um, a couple of things, I guess. Um, Oh, so many, so many things come to mind. I haven't taken any advocacy actions except maybe posting on Instagram some information about uh, our bodies uh, are not related to how we identify. But um, so many things. Oh, I guess uh, I accepted a position on the board of the Pops Orchestra of the Palm Beaches. Congratulations. Thank you. And, you know, just uh, spreading the love of music. So I guess I've stepped up that way. Well, that's great. Well, I'm going to let you bring on our next guest. So pick a number one through three. Uh, They're all waiting patiently, and we'll see who that will be. One through three. Let's take the one in the middle, number two. And we are meeting for the first time, Shereen Strasberg. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you doing? Yes, filmmaker. She has a new film uh, that is going to be part of the Garden State Film Festival. Yep. Which is taking place next month, and I'll have all the information on screen. But I uh, welcome and and I'm hello to Mary as well. Hi, Mary. Shereen, so, uh, I want to ask you, um, who or what are you celebrating today? 
And it could be about your film or it could be about something completely different. We'll talk about your film in a moment. Um, well, this is actually a big week because I just found out uh, my film got an Anthem Award. So it's uh, pretty exciting. Um, this is like the newer version of the Webby Awards. It's basically mm -hmm. the same organization that does the Webby Awards, but they realize that everybody's doing now mission-driven and purpose-driven work. And those need some sort of platform for recognition. And so I'm super thrilled. Other winners are, you know, Michelle Obama and Lil Nas X and lots of other incredibly amazing, talented people. So I'm super thrilled to be in such good company. And they're in good company with you. Yeah, thank you, yeah. thank you. Yes, so tell us about your film. Sure. So it's an animated short film. It's actually based on this book. I have sort of the camera here, so I'll show mm -hmm. it. Um, and uh, it teaches very young children about global warming without scaring them. So it's not like, oh, the world's going to end. We don't have oxygen and air and all that. No, it's more like, hey, let's drive cars less. Let's eat less meat. Let's walk. Let's bike. You know, things like that. Very positive and, um, you know, brings in animals and plants and lots of fun ways that we can do things with kids to help the planet. Well, Shereen, I was reading before we went live, you are an Emmy-nominated uh, filmmaker. Um, well, Emmy-nominated animator. I've done animation for the Well, Emmy. you're a filmmaker, yeah. so <laughs> uh, in that category. Uh, but um, how do you, how does one get into a film festival? And I'm sure, you know, and I could be mistaken, but when you begin to work on a project and you have an ultimate goal, um, everybody's ultimate goal, I think, is the Academy Award. Uh, but what's the process to get that far? Sure. So, I mean, you basically start by applying to film festivals and I mean, there's a, you know, websites for, for doing that. Um, and then if you win the top award in a few Oscar qualifying film festivals, then you automatically get, um, eligible for a nomination for the Oscars. But even if you don't win an award, you also can pay a small fee. And that fee will basically give your film a short uh, um, theatrical run. And that's what would qualify you to still be eligible for the Oscars. So even if you don't, let's say you don't do any film festivals, but you pay, you know, whatever it is, the $2,000 for it to run at a movie theater in New York and LA for one week, that's it. You're eligible. So. Wow. Kind That's of, amazing. Yeah. So how many film festivals have you done total? So I believe Garden State will make it 37. Wow. In total with your films or with just yes. this film? Well, this is my first film. So, I mean, wow. yeah, this is my first. I mean, I'm fundraising for a second, but I have not done a film prior to this, this children's film. So, yeah. What has surprised you the most about this process? Um, how much work it is. Um, I mean, I pretty much <laughs> did the entire project on my own. Like, I don't want, I don't recommend filmmaking on your own. It's not a good idea. Um, you know, if you can bring on collaborators, bring on people to help. Um, it's not meant to be a solopreneur uh, type of, of art. It's really meant to be collaborative. And I, I did it during the beginning of the pandemic when all of us were like, you know, locked down in our homes. So there really wasn't a whole lot of collaboration and talking to people like do, to do that. Um, so this came out of like, you know, my frustration of, of being stuck at home and not having a lot of work and projects to work on. And so I would say like, you know, bring on a lot of people because it's a lot of work to do it yourself. 
Well, this is based on uh, this children's book. Uh, how did that come about for you? Yeah, it was kind of amazing. I mean, a friend of mine sent, uh, told me about the book. And so I went online, I ordered it. You can't even find it on Amazon. It's on the illustrator's website. So I went to her website, I ordered the book. It arrived. And I, like I said, I was in lockdown and I opened up this book and I was like, these pages, the, these move, the, the, the illustrations have energy and I feel like they could really move. And so I contacted the, like just cold contacted the author and the illustrator. The author is a climate science professor at Harvard. The illustrator is an independent artist. And I just kind of reached out to them and I was like, can I turn this into a film? And because there was no publisher, they self-published as a Kickstarter project. It made it a little bit easier to get the rights. Wow. They must have been shocked when you called and said, this is what I want to do. Um, I think they thought I was a little bit crazy. You know, I mean, you know, like cold calling doesn't really lead to things. But in this case, it was like they kind of were like, mm, OK. And they were a little bit concerned. You know, they like especially the illustrator. She's like, well, I don't really know if you're going to do a good job. So she gave me one page at a time to, you know, all the all the Photoshop files to, to animate. And it was a little bit like, you know, filming a movie where, you know, the, the screenwriter is only giving you like one scene at a time. Wow. Um, but, you know, so after I did the first scene and then I did the second scene and then after three scenes, she's like, okay, you know, three pages, like, she's like, this is really good. And she gave me the rest of the, the files. So that was exciting when that day happened, then I knew I was like, this is going to happen. That's amazing. Well, we're going to bring on our next guest, but before we do, you get to pull your mystery question. Uh, one, two, or three? Uh, two. And the question for you is, if you could meet any historical figure, who would you choose and why? I want to ask if you could choose anyone, any historical figure in your profession. Oh, in my profession. Um I would say probably Alfred Hitchcock um, in terms of storytelling, right? Like pretty much, it's like, if you have to look through like the entire history of film, it's like to me, like the one, you know, storyteller, right? Like his story, I mean, they're just phenomenal. It's a true, a true artist in, in so many ways, but able to tell stories. And he was all about the storyboard. So uh, I'm, do you, I'm sure you know that. Yes. Well, and storyboarding is like one of the biggest steps in, in my process. Yes, yes, yes. So I'm going to let you bring on our next guest. Uh, pull either number one or two. I'll go for one. And it's our dear friend, Linda Kahn. <laughs> uh, say yes. <laughs> Linda has been on the show before, <laughs> but she has a new show. Well, she's bringing back her show. Say Yes, which received major kudos and reviews the last time she was around. So, Linda, welcome back to the show first. Thank you. And welcome back to the States. Uh, you were just recently traveling. I was. I was. I was down in Puerto Vallarta, wow. which was great <gasps> fun because all you got to do is go to Puerto Vallarta and there's still cabaret. <laughs> yes. uh, did you get a chance to... See any cabaret while you were there? I did. And also, did you make strides for you to do your own show there? Well, I, I'll answer the first one first. I did. I saw David Mayoko in his Liberace uh, Red, wow. White, and Blue show. It was fabulous. He's fabulous. And then I also got to see Nicholas King, accompanied by Mark Hartman. Mm -hmm. So it, mm. it, was, it was great. And one of the greatest things that happened... 
that they do in Puerto Vallarta as performers is they bring up somebody else who's doing a show maybe the next night or the next week, and they have them come up and do a song with them. And it's very oh. much, you know, all these artists. Hi, Mary. I never said anything, but nice to see you. <laughs> all these artists supporting each other and encouraging other people to perform. So um, I, I just found that just that just warmed my heart. You know, it was people really supporting each other's talents. And that was lovely. So um, I feel like now that I kind of know the lay of the land and we will be going back. So uh, I'm. I'm going to throw my hat in the ring. Um, actually, I, I, this, this is a scoop. I'm going to give you a scoop, okay. Richard. I'm ready. I just booked my show in Chicago. Nice. <laughs> and there I am. Nice. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. So that will be my Are first. Are you doing it at Davenport's? I am. I am. Nice. In Chicago before? Well, I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. Oh, that's good. And last year I performed at Davenport's as part of the uh, Chicago Cabaret uh, conference that Lena Kutrakis does. And Mary was also at. Mm -hmm. I was there too. <laughs> yes, she was. So, um, so anyway, so I'm, 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 I'm excited about that. And I've got family there and I uh, it went to high school. Well, I grew up there. And so we'll see. Well, I don't know if there's much of an audience, but if anybody's listening from Chicago, I'll be yes, there and, you know, and I will put, And I will put the word out there as well. <laughs> you know, I will say the first time that I went to Provincetown, uh, there was a, a, a true sense. Um, this was what in the 80s. Uh, there was a true sense of support of each other. And the, that support may still be there. But by the time I actually got booked in Provincetown, I found that because everyone's vying for that audience, that it became much more competitive. And I think the idea of supporting each other is the way to go. And um, I, you know, and if anyone from Mac is listening to me, I've always thought that it would be a great idea to have a representative from Mac and all of the Mac clubs to welcome the audience when they walk mm. on stage and to let someone who has a show coming up the following week do a number as a warm up before the artist comes out. And I think, first of That's all, a cool idea. It's not what the audience is expecting and it gives other people a chance to be seen. And anyone who knows me knows that I'm all about sharing the wealth because I think if we go from a point of sharing and supporting each other, instead of fear that you're not going to have enough at the table, uh, it's a whole different ball of wax. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. And I think the hardest thing that I have found in cabaret is it's great that you're friends and family come to support you. But how do you reach those people who have no idea who you are, you know, and kind of give them a sense of even just your person, your personhood? I'll answer that. You appear on Richard Skipper Celebrates. <laughs> well, <thank> you. <laughs> you and Shireen know each other now. You didn't know each other. That's right. Hi, Shireen. Hello. Nice to meet you. Nice I to meet you. I'm in New York, too. I want to bring on our next guest, but before we do that, you pick a question, one or two. Uh, let's do one. And your question is, um, I'm going to switch this around. Who is the best director that you've ever had in this business and why? <laughs> well, oh. that's kind of hard because I've only had one. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about your current director. My first director. Well, I don't think I, I have enough adjectives to describe how wonderful he is. My director is Jeff Harner. Mm -hmm. And Jeff Harner is a glorious performer himself. Mm -hmm. 
and he's been in the business a long time. Um, but as a director, I think not only does he bring the perspective of a performer and really being able to relate to you in terms of what you, you need as a performer to help you as you are entering this whole cabaret world, but he is a very generous and loving human being. And I'm the kind of performer who, you know, I used to say I'm like a little flower. You know, if you just put a little sunshine on me and give me a little bit of water, I'm just going to bloom for you. Um, and he, both he and Chris Denny, who's our music director, were very positive that way. And I just found that it gave me the freedom to try things that I might never have tried before. So wow. I highly recommend him. Congratulations. He is one of the most loving people that I have ever encountered in this business. He so, is. And uh, it's who he is. It's not an act. It's just right. fabulous Jeff. He's it's blessed and everybody's there. blessed in his circle. So I'm going to change the little scroll here for a moment uh, before we bring on our next guest. Uh, she's a director. She's also an animator. And she, too, is part of the Garden State Film Festival. So okay. I am thrilled that she's here. Deborah, thank you so much for your patience waiting in the cabbage patch in the wings. Waiting <laughs> so, Hi, uh, Deborah Solomon. <laughs> it was very interesting to listen to. So who or what are you celebrating today beyond your film? Um, uh, my film or celebrating? Uh, I mean, uh, my sister came and visited me today. Um, that was a nice time. But um, uh, my film is out and doing the festival circuit. I've done this many times before. Um, my first film, Mrs. Matisse, um, uh, went into festivals in 1995. And um, like all of my other films, I wrote it, I animated it. I sang it. I did everything. I I am an incredible ham, but I can't <laughs> myself getting up in front of an audience. I like <laughs> singing behind a piece of paper. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, Deborah, yeah. that doesn't stop some people. So, Deborah, I'm going to throw caution to the wind based on only what you just said. Yeah. Um, and that is that you said that you've been doing film festivals since 1995. What is the biggest change that you've seen in the film uh, uh, festival circuit? And what are things that you absolutely love? This is going to be a three-part question. Things that you absolutely love. And what do you miss that was in place when you first began that is no longer there? The whole world has changed in festivals. My first film, I had an agent um the agent um because short animated films were making money back then and he was submitting my film and basically i i would just get the faxes that would roll in oh your film is in the new york film festival on opening day oh your film got into the venice biennale i mean it was like um it happened to me. I didn't really have to make it happen mm -hmm. um, because that's when there, there wasn't uh, a, my, 
there there were no platforms on the internet to submit your film, like Film Freeway. You basically, every darn um, entry had to be done individually and you had to send them, said to send them, you know, uh, your, um, you know, well, actually that's pre-DVD. So you had to send them a video cassette and all of these forms. And it was really, it was completely different. And um, there were not millions of films being created every year. And it, uh, so the field was less crowded. I don't think that the quality of films has, you know, improved tremendously. I mean, now a lot of people have access to computers and animation programs and they can make films, but are they good? Well, not I mean, there aren't really that many more great films being made every year. I mean, it's just... Well, do you feel that because there are so many more films, is it is it easier to get into a film festival now or is it harder? I think it's probably harder because you have to hack your way through the field of other contenders who are you know, who who want to have their films seen. Um, and then, too, there is this very bothersome element of there are fake festivals now, tons of them everywhere. They want your money. They want your entry fee. Um, are they going to have, actually have a festival? Well, maybe not. So um, that, you know, there are, uh, yeah. It's like the whole rest of the world. There are a lot more scams. And, uh, yeah. And have the number of female animators. Yes, of course. There are many, many more women in animation now. Um, When I started, mainly the people who were, women who were in animation were doing ink and paint because everything was done on, it was uh, pre-digital. So Mm -hmm. your film was drawn on paper and then done, then um, you traced it onto cells and then the paint was applied on the back of the cell by one of these wonderful ink and paint women. And um, yeah, uh, a lot of changes. Wow. Well, let's talk about your film uh, itself. Tell us about the film that's going to be part of the Garden State Film Festival. Um, so Little Hearts, like all of my films, grows out of an experience that I had. I went to a, a dry cleaner to have a pair of pants let out. And the seamstress <laughs> looks at me and she goes, why? Why not lose weight and save money? Just go to the gym and stay there. (laughs) So flipped me out that somebody who I just wanted to let my pants out was giving me dieting advice that I went home. And because I come from this crazy family 
where the best thing you could do when you were a young woman was to lose weight. I mean, I guess the ultimate would be to disappear. But essentially, <laughs> the whole thing about losing weight is like following me around wherever I go through my life. So essentially, I went from that experience where actually in life, I actually got sort of thrown back into this regressive behavior of dieting and all of this crazy stuff. And that essentially is what the film is about, is about my crazy family and um, and sort of overcoming overcoming your past. And that is sort of the message at the end that um, you don't have to respond in the same way your whole life. You can actually make changes and make your life better and not go on a diet. So I can't wait to see both of these films. I'm yeah. going to try to get, uh, to, I, I don't know what day I'm going to be there, but I'm going to try to get uh, there for at least one of those days. Um, there was one question left, Deborah, and it's yours. And the question is, um, and it's a statement, as I take on challenges, I feel calm, confident, and powerful. You talk about the changes that we all go through. At this point in your life, doing these the film uh festival circuit are you or do you feel that you're more confident and powerful than you were when you first began uh, i think it depends on what day i think confidence is something that uh for me it's like standing by the ocean and sometimes the confidence rolls in and I can feel it and enjoy it. And then at other times it's low tide and I, I have to remind myself that what I've done, where I've come from, that, that, um, that the next, the next drawing, the next idea that I'm going to create, that um, it it will probably come, but but still, there's that anxiety. I I think with most artists, there is that you know there is that anxiety, and that anxiety I think is what propels you forward. If you were just so confident about yourself and what you could do, you wouldn't be reaching. And I think that for me, what this life is about is about reaching, reaching out beyond what I did last and, and, and learning and integrating more into my work. So. Great answer, that's wonderful. Um, one of my favorite writers is Julia Cameron. Uh, the mm -hmm. art way. Uh, I begin every day by doing my morning pages. I do them religiously. Me and too. Do you really? Oh come on! Hold on. I've got I've got my notebook over here. It, <laughs> I love this. 
hundreds and yeah. hundreds and hundreds of these. Yes. I do them every years of morning wow. pages. Good wow. for you. And the artist way, if you're not familiar with Julia Cameron, look her up. So this part of the, uh, the show um, is based on creativity. And I've got some random questions that I'm just going to uh -huh. go around and ask each of you. And I'm going to start with you, Mary. And, um, and I, since this is the end of the week, I'm going to ask, mm -hmm. what changes did you make this week? And what changes do you hope to make in the next week when it comes to your craft? I missed the question. Uh, uh, this is for uh, Mary. Um, so what changes? What did changes did I make this week? And what changes will I make next week for my craft? No. Something like that? Yes. Yeah? Okay. Um, I guess uh, having gone through I, this whirlwind of the last couple of months, uh, writing and presenting a new lecture performance, and then I was on to um, initiating the South Florida Cabaret Singers Organization and hosting the open mic night. And then it was, I have to learn the songs for the Academy Awards with the Pops. And then uh, my friend Kelly and I resurrected our love for le legendary ladies of song show. And, you know, I'm kind of like just riding the wave of saying, oh, what's next? What, what can I do? How can I be out there? But also, you know, when you talk about, uh, I think Shireen talked about films with purpose and that's so important to me. And I keep thinking about how can I combine my love for this art form and sending a message. And I think just by being authentic and picking songs, for example, or themes, for example, that celebrate diversity, for example, I, I think I can go that way. And I, one of the things I decided this week was to go with my gut instinct and trust myself a little bit in where I want to go and what I want to do. And instead of waiting for things to happen and saying, oh, look how much they're doing in this state and this city and this place, just making it happen. So uh, I guess I've made decisions this week to help my craft in the future. And then I was invited to possibly do a new duet show next year. And I'm thinking I might do that. I don't have information yet because it's not official. So, well, but. good for you. And I'm going to say I love the fact that you've got the key on your door behind you, but put the key in front of you for good feng shui instead of behind you. Mm -hmm. Okay, there that's we go. My, that's my lesson for the day, Shireen. Okay. Um, it, um, I want to ask you. We're going to go back. Um, interesting question. Uh, as a little girl, five year old, I like to go back to the five year old self. Okay. So the five-year-old self to me is the purest self. It's before life begins to tell you who you should be and who you shouldn't be. Something that mm -hmm. unfortunately a lot of kids are dealing with right now. That's so when you were a five-year-old in school, did you enjoy school? And if yes or no, um, if yes, I hope that's your answer. Um, did you have ideas of what you wanted to do with your life at five years old? Definitely not at five. Five, I was enjoying school and just having fun. I mean, I probably just started kindergarten and I really loved my kindergarten teacher. So, you know, to me, that was just like a great joy. And 
Um, and it made me realize the importance of teachers. Um, but I can tell you that at 16, I knew what I wanted to do with my life. Um, and at 16, I wanted to be a film composer. And 10 years later, I was. And I did film school <gasps> for 10 years, um, which was great. And I, I did love it. I just, I had no work-life balance. So I had to change careers. <laughs> wow. Um, thanks for the answer. Yeah. Uh, Linda, uh, what part of your career do you most love and wish that you could do more of? Ooh. Well, I guess I would have to say exactly what I'm doing now, doing my my show. And I just, uh, I've almost finished recording my first album. Oh, good for you. And I'm really excited about that. I think there may be a show that can grow out of that. Um, we'll wait and see. You know, it's kind of like a patchwork quilt. We have all these wonderful things, and we think we have a, a little story there. So I, I love the creating part. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, performing is great, but what really fills my soul is the creating of it and getting in a room with other people and just feeling that electricity go is somebody has one idea and somebody has another one and boom, something that was never there before is suddenly made. I'm sure our animators feel that way. You know, you suddenly get that idea of how to make something happen and it happens. And I know Mary understands and Richard, he was a performer too. So I would have to say that, you know, I'm just happy to be on the road. That's great. Uh, Deborah. today is National Caregivers Day. So my question for you is, what is the last thing that you volunteered for that gave you extreme joy and satisfaction? Um, I mean, can I like redirect that just a teeny bit? Absolutely. Um, my, my mother passed um, fairly recently. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and but the people who took care of my mother, um, the um, the two women who basically were like on my team um, for the last two years, which were really hard, I felt that they became my sisters. Wow. And that they really, they were there for not only my mother, but for me. And between us all, we formed this, this just this, this caregiving group with my mother at the center. And that they really will be in my life for my entire life. I mean, just today I was sending them uh, carafts to make lemon water. <laughs> and um, uh, another one of them, I decided because she was, her son had been in the Bahamas through a hurricane that she could live in my mom's apartment rent free, you know, um, and get her life on track wow. um it i, I re through the experience of having them in my lives it gave me the opportunity to be able to give and share and to really thank them for keeping my mother happy and comfortable so yeah, that's beautiful um what are their names so we can just 
acknowledge them. Oh, um, it's uh, Dorothy Powell and Carol Reynolds. And, and Carol, thank you. And they're um, my Jamaican sisters. So nice. beautiful. Thank you. And it's a That's gift. Amazing. It's a gift. Yeah. 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 Um, so I have a calendar. I talk about this on my other shows. My friend Howard Tucker, if he's watching, gave me this incredible cal uh, calendar. And it's um, a Be Kind Everyday calendar. And I just pulled something randomly that I'm going to toss at you, Mary. And it says, unsubscribe from email list that you aren't interested in it anymore. Are, is that okay. something that's easy for you to do or not? It's not hard. Uh, it's just getting started. <laughs> I do it periodically. I go on, I delete, 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 and then I try to... Uh, get rid of them. But sometimes they say, this could take a while. And I think what they're doing is hoping that you'll forget that you unsubscribed and they'll just keep running. So what's <laughs> annoying is having to go back and re-unsubscribe to them. But no, it's not hard. I don't mind getting rid of getting rid of that. It's just sitting down and taking the time to do it is hard. Well, I hope you won't unsubscribe from me. Thank you. <laughs> oh, never, Richard, never. <laughs> so, um, uh, Shireen, what is something that is unique to you that only you can create? Wow, that only I can create. Um, wow, that's that's an that's 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 serious. Um, well, so I probably would say that um, I I really have pivoted a lot in my career. I've I've basically had like four careers. And so anything where it's pulling all the little different elements from all those careers. So I've been a film composer, I've been a sound engineer, I've been a graphic designer, illustrator, and I've been a now animator, motion designer, filmmaker. So all of those things to me, I, they, they all combine together to create work where I'm kind of doing all the little, every element of it. Um, I know early I started off by saying, I don't like being a solo filmmaker and I want collaborators, but considering you asked that question, I would say that that's, you know, that's, I, I could make like a film again where I, where I do everything again. Good for you. Well, it's great that you've got that wow. in your house to be able to do that. Yep. Um, Linda, what do you hope that your life will look like in eight years if you continue down your current path? I love that it's eight years and not 10, eight years. Hmm. Hmm. Um, what do I hope my life would look like? I hope the, the first word that came to my mind was balanced. And I find that the challenge with being a performer is that it's very easy to get so caught up in, you know, creating what you're doing, you know, being wound up about the whole creative process, the performing, that it's easy to lose balance with the rest of your life. And so I'm really working on that to make sure I'm paying enough attention to my friends. Um, I think I'm really good with the family, but, um, you know, I, I think it's keeping the perspective of balance because through that balance, I then get fed in ways that hopefully will enrich me as an artist. That's great. That's wonderful. Uh, Deborah, what, if anything, is currently standing in your way for what you desire out of this business? Uh, 
I'm not sure that I feel like my limitations are related to the business. Mm -hmm. Usually my, my limitations have to do with me trying to get, get into the mode of creating and not being, you know, like judging ideas or thinking this is good or that's not good. And so I think what I'm decided to do is um, work on shorter pieces over the next uh, year, maybe two, where it's either single frame, you know, drawings, which are sort of cartoons. Mm. And I've also, I've also come to the conclusion that the songs I've been writing are actually poetry. So I've been studying poetry and writing poetry and want to try to learn how to write a villanelle um, or um, a sestina. Anyways, um, which I had no idea what those are. And I can tell you that writing a villanelle is almost impossible. <laughs> wow. And I'm glad you mentioned the word limitations. Uh, my favorite quote of all time is by Richard Bach. And it's argue for your limitations. And sure enough, they're yours. And I, I quoted that to someone this morning. I said, just get rid of that mindset. So thank you for bringing that up. Um, Mary, I'm going back to the calendar again. And the other thing that I okay. told was uh, put a bird, bird feeder in your yard or outside your window. I think that I, I have a bird feeder outside my backyard and I can sit our cat's by the way, it's cat television. They love it. Uh, <laughs> um, do you have moments where you're able to just to sit and be and enjoy? That is something that, um, yes, I can do. I, I can do that. Uh, and it's so funny you talk about the, the actual bird feeder. And I know I immediately thought of my brother and sister-in-law. They have one. And our neighbors, they have one at their house in New Hampshire. And it really is very interesting. But it also reminds me of um, a story I was telling the other night that there was a morning dove that used to land on our windowsill. And my mother used to say, oh, I think that's Aunt Nettie. She came to check on us, you know. Anyway, but um, I live near the ocean. And sometimes I just go out there and breathe in the salt air. And uh, I'm not one of these people that can go and go and go and go and go until I drop. I have to have those moments to rejuvenate and to rest my brain. <laughs> So I, I guess I consider myself very fortunate that I can turn things off and just relax. Yeah. Good for you. That's great. Uh, Shireen, when was the last time that you saw a beautiful sunset and just totally immersed yourself in it and enjoyed it? Oof. I've got three little kids. There's not a lot of smelling <laughs> roses. Oh, Oh man, it's more like, oh, the sun's setting. I have to go pick up the kids soon. Oh my God, wait, I just, I want to finish this one scene. Oh, I need to work. So I, I wish I had a better answer. And I want to well, say- How old are they, first of all? How old? They're 
five, eight, and 11. God oh. bless you. Wow. So, and wow. remember, we've been in a pandemic for three years. So, you know, Ooh. they were two, five, and eight when we all got oh stuck God. in our houses. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. You and all that you create anyway. I, I will at least tell you, Richard, that I was on the rowing team in college. And so I saw more sunrises by the age of 20 than most people will see in a lifetime. So at least I've, I've seen that. I grew, up, I grew up on a farm. So yeah. uh, I yeah, see all the wrong reasons uh, <laughs> or maybe the right reasons. Uh, Linda, uh, you are a creator. Uh, so what does your creativity, uh, creativity give to you? I feel when I be creative, I feel my God self open up. I feel that creativity gets channeled through me. And the biggest trick is to open up to receive that and not let my human, you know, foibles, insecurities, limiting thoughts get in, get in the way. And um, so, yeah, I, I, I would say it's just finding that spiritual connection and letting that do the work. <laughs> I love that. That's, I, and I, I absolutely believe in that. Yeah. Um, Deborah, what career did you think that you would have when you were in high school? Um, I was going to go on the stage. Uh, I lived in Newton, Massachusetts. And for some reason, um, I, I picked MIT had all of these plays that they put on. So I would drive into Cambridge and I would try out and I got into plays. And I, that's what I wanted to do was go on the stage. And, and I am on the stage behind a piece of paper. Well, <laughs> if you're happy, I'm happy too. Uh, <laughs> always, you, there are lots of theater companies, uh, both, I don't like the word amateur, uh, unprofessional and professional, whatever you want to call them. Community. Community, thank you, that's the right word, who can always use your talent. So. I have never, I am, I am, I feel like what I am doing now maximally uses everything I can do. I write, I draw, um, I dream. I really bring together all sorts of, I bring together all of the arts into my film and I do that literally by myself. Um, I do work with a music arranger and a producer um, and I have other people who work for me painting my films. But basically, I don't know. I think uh, I'm using everything that God gave me. Well, I love it. Films. I yeah. love it. Well, each day I pull a word of the day. And the word that I pull today is decisiveness. And it seems to me as if all of you are embodying that in the work that you're doing. Uh, but I'm going to go around, and I'm going to start this time with you, Deborah. Uh, we're going to go uh, counterclockwise. Um, what does decisiveness mean to you at this point in your life when it comes to your work? I think following through on your plans. That is, you 
say that you to yourself that you're going to make something and you do it and um but for me it's also really important to act decisively in terms of being there for everyone around me because for my friends and for everyone i love because you need to be committed to maintaining the ties you have with your friends and family and um i don't know and i think it's great shereen has three little kids i'm like i love it i just know that is uh, that is totally and completely exciting i made a film about not being able to have kids i know i've seen it she's pregnant and every time somebody talks about their kids there is a little piece of me going oh i wish that was me no <laughs> yeah it's a good film i Thank love you. it Thank you. Yeah. Send me the information for that so I can put it on uh, my YouTube channel as well. Sure. Um, Linda, same question. I've always been a big believer that if I, I, I I'm being very spiritual today, I guess, but no, I'm realizing is my middle name. Okay. Well, I, I guess it's, it's, it's really in me, but I've always felt like every time I wanted to take us, make a decision, I really wait for the universe and I say, if there's a path, show me, show me the next step. And I've tried to do that through everything in my life. And if I feel that there's a next step, I'll, I'll follow it. And then I'm willing to let it take me as far as it takes me. And I feel really clear about that. I mean, if, I, if this show is the only show I ever do, and that's it. And if that's what it's meant to be, then that means I should go somewhere else and put my attentions there. And I don't have three children, but I just got my first grandchild. So <laughs> I'm kind of tickled about that. But, um, and I've just found that every time I open up to that, it makes that decision process easy because I really feel like I'm being guided. And um, I just try and hold that in everything that I do. That's wonderful. Uh, Shireen, same question. Uh, so for me, decisiveness is is about believing, believing in something. And um, if, if I'm allowed to talk about, I'm actually raising money for my next film. No, um, go ahead and talk about it. And sure. So here, I'll even I'll even put a put a link in the chat. I don't know if you can put it up there, but um, I mean, basically, like it's um, about uh, an, it's another book, um, but this book is about teaching kids about uh, inclusiveness and you know, welcoming everyone to the table and, and, and being um, really diverse. And it, it, I just, I really feel so strongly about this and believing in it and believing that this, this story, this book, all the, the, there's nine characters in the book, each representing, you know, different groups of people that are marginalized. And it's like, I, I, I actually read a, a page of it to my, my eight-year-old yesterday. And she's like, oh, that's really nice. Uh, that is, that's the point, right? Like, and it's like if she felt that from one page, you know. Imagine if she, I got around to reading her the entire book, and or I, you know, make it into this, you know, entire short film. Um, you know, then it's like great. You know, the idea is that you know somebody can see it, and you know they'll feel the belief that I had uh, when I decided and had decisiveness to to make this into my next film. Wonderful. And your That's link great. is on the bottom of the yeah, screen. Thanks. So, yeah. Thank you. Uh, Mary, same question. Yes. Same question. 
I think making decisions, big ones, I guess, you know, related to the future of our career or our projects or whatever it is, it takes a lot of confidence. It takes uh, the ability to face fears. Um, it takes preparation and it takes trust in your gut. And I, I see what you're saying too, Linda, you know, a lot of that feeling like things just kind of falling into place. It just feels right. And that makes the decisions easier. Uh, just being being open to them and being ready for them. And also knowing that, okay, if you go down that path and doesn't work out, that doesn't mean it's the end of the world. It means, okay, maybe there's another approach or another angle to take. That's wonderful. I want to thank you all for being here. As you all know, all this month, I'm celebrating uh, my uh, birthday month and my favorites. And Shireen and Deborah, you're new in my life, but now you're my favorites. I can't wait to follow everything you're doing. And Linda and Mary have been here before, but I hope this will not be your last time uh, for any of you. And anytime you feel you have something you want to talk about, reach out to me and say, Richard, I'd like to come on the show. And there's always a spot for all of you at my table. Um, Thank you. I, I want to give a little plug, if I may, for my show tomorrow. I'm going to have Christy Tate on the show. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with her and her writings. This would make a great movie. Uh, it's called BFF, A Memoir of Finding a, a, a Friendship Lost and Found. She talks, uh, she tells, it's a true story. And it's the story of she had trouble as a, a female. Maybe you all can relate to this. Maybe you can't. But she always felt that she was having trouble having deep, meaningful relationships with other women. And then she meets a, a friend later in her life who becomes her best friend. And then several years into their friendship, her friend uh, gets uh, cancer and it goes through the process of losing this friend. But all the life lessons that she learned, it, it's an inspiring, uplifting book. It's not sad. And she's on the show tomorrow at three o'clock. So if any of you uh, can tune in tomorrow, please do. Um, I'm going to give each of you a chance to have your final word today. It could be about anything that we talked about that you want to build upon, anything that we didn't talk about, or just any final message you want to leave everyone with. Um, I will pick the next person, and then you will pick the person after that, and so on, until there's one person standing. And when the last person says goodbye, uh, the credits will roll, so you don't have to worry about, how do I stop this? How do I get out of here? So I will take care of that. Um, I end every show by telling everyone to go out and do something nice for somebody else without expecting anything in return. Uh, pick up the phone and call someone. Uh, Ziggy, stop. Just started singing. Uh, pick up the phone and call someone that you have not spoken to in a while. Not an email message, not a text message, not a private inbox message, a phone call. And let that person know how they've made a difference in your life. That's one of the lessons in this book. It's very important. So uh, I also have a friend who says we're all in the same storm, but we're in different size boats. Some are in yachts, some are in canoes, some are in kayaks, some are in rafts, uh, some are in lifeboats, some are pushing tugboats upstream. I don't care what size boat you're on, as long as you make sure that you have a skipper by your side. <laughs> I'm going to leave. And Linda, I'm going to turn it over to you. Oh, 
Oh, lovely. Thank you so much for having me on, Richard. Um, I, I guess I just want to say that um, it's interesting. A lot of the things that, that came up for me today really are reflected in my show. And my show is kind of about my journey. So if as a performer and how I left it and came back to it. So if that intrigues you, I'd love to have you join me to see Say Yes, which is the name of the show on Friday, March 3rd at the Lori Beachman in New York. So thank you, Richard. Lovely to meet all of you ladies. And I'm going to pass it on to you, Shireen. Take Thank you, Linda. Um, thank you guys so much uh, for having me. Um, I will leave it with uh, the next um, screening of my film is going to be at Garden State Film Festival uh, for the film Cool For You. And it's going to be Sunday, March 26th at 3 p.m. I would love to see you there in Asbury Park. Uh, it's been a pleasure being on the show. Thank you so much for having me and meeting all of you. And I'm going to pass it to Deborah. Thank you, oh, thank you Shireen. Um, well, my film, um, Little Heart, is going to be screening at the Winter Film Awards um, on Sunday and Monday in New York City on 12th Street, um, which happens to be right next door to where I live at the moment. So uh, I am looking forward to attending that screening. And uh, and I want to thank Richard for having me on his really interesting and wonderful and heartfelt show. I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed the conversation and meeting the other women on the program. And now I'll leave it to Mary. Thank you, Deborah. I would like to thank Richard for being the great connector, the great caregiver and giver of care and kindness. Uh, I am overwhelmed by the connectivity among all the women. Everyone had something to contribute that I know I related to. And when I heard what some of the issues and important values were in, in our filmmakers, our animators, our music engineers, our singers, our writers. Uh, I knew some of the things that even Linda connected to because I'm fortunate to have her as a cabaret friend. And uh, so I think you never know who's out there, who's a kindred spirit. And I thank Richard Skipper for bringing us all together. Be well.